0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winging It F1 podcast. We've just had the 70th anniversary Grand Prix and what a great race it was. Mercedes beaten for the first time this year. (laughs) Who would have thought that? I certainly didn't. I thought they would go on to win every race. But they haven't. Max Verstappen has won the race. And as ever, I'm joined by Freddie Coates and Adam Dickinson. Sorry, Adam, I just butched up your surname there to talk about... (laughs) The race, so Verstappen winning from fourth—it's his ninth race win in fond One. How impressive, Adam? Do you think that drive was from from him today?
1: Um, well, firstly, it's all right. I've had my third name butchered into a lot worse <laughs> things, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. I thought it was really good. It was a genuine fight to the lead. It was unpredictable, which is something that we don't get very often now in F1. So I thought that was really good. Red Bull going for a bit of a strategy. I don't know how much of a risk it was but it was good to see them kind of after last weekend where they went for the kind of safer option um, in pitting Verstappen and lost out on the win then this time they kind of went for a strategy more kind of all or nothing and they pulled it off so that was really good and they did I mean regardless of that they did seem to be faster than Mercedes or kind of mm. faster on race pace when handling their tyres than Mercedes so yeah it was a well-deserved win.
0: Yeah Freddie what do you think the race was won?
2: Oh, I think it was in qualifying when um yeah. he had the head of strategy on the podium with Verstappen and they this because he, he was able to do a Q2 lap time on the hard tires, which is just something we wouldn't have thought of at all. Um, only this weekend will that probably ever happen. And he starts is able to start on the hard tires and crucially got the jump on Holkenberg at the start as well, which I think was very important looking back, and then was able to just keep tabs with the Mercs in the early stages of the race. And when you have, I don't know what lap Albert pitted on, so like three or four for the hards, um, you just knew, yeah, these tyres are going to do well. There's a fight on here.
0: Hmm. And were you both surprised with how, how the Verstappen's place was in the first in Because he somehow extended the gap on 20-lap-all old tires compared to the Mercs, who were both on fresh tyres who just came out, out of the pit.
1: Yeah, well, he he closed up to the Mercs at the start mm. um, and was kind of within a second of Hamilton and pushing him when they pit. So, mm. yeah, I, I was I was just surprised in general at the hard tie because all the conversation had been about the mediums. It'd been the softs versus the mediums coming in to the weekend and the race, and yeah, he just seemed to have the pace where where no one else did, and really no one else could replicate that. A lot of drivers went better on the hard tyres, but no one could replicate his pace over the grid, I think. So, yeah, really good. Uh,
0: yeah, the staff has been on form all season, really. He, he kind of deserves a win, I think, if that's fair, fair to say, Freddie.
2: Yeah, he's um. some of his performances have been pretty pretty top-notch. And I think we would have probably seen a win much earlier if he hadn't had his failure in the first race of the year, I think. Um, But some his performance, you can just look at every race and there's a good moment from Verstappen. Starting on the front row in Austria, it's the way he defended from Bottas the week after, the way he went from seventh to, what, second or third at the start of the race in Hungary, and then just being the third best driver of the whole thing last year, last week, in Silverstone, I made the Cardinals in there that everyone's made all weekend and this, this this race just topped it off basically for him, brilliant deserved mm.
0: it and do, do you think, even if you think that Mercedes could have won today with a different strategy perhaps uh, I'm not sure what that strategy would be but yeah, do you think it was possible for Hamilton or Bottas to, to win?
2: I think it was possible for Bottas to win if um, when, when he pitted with Verstappen For their um, final stop, when they pitted on the same lap, Bottas's tyres in that second stint, with compared to Hamilton's, had been much better. Hamilton had dropped off. I was looking at the times; he was putting like they they were pretty neck and neck um, in time, about two, three seconds difference based on the pit stops. But then Hamilton was just slower and slower and slower compared to Bottas. Bottas's tyres were in a much better condition than Hamilton's, and I think it was a bit on the fly the decision. I think to extend Hamilton's um, final stop. But I think if that had been Bottas, I think they would have been they would have probably pushed to the end and tried to do it with Bottas that which is what they eventually I think chickened out of with Hamilton.
1: Yeah, I I'm not really convinced that Mercedes would other than a kind of fault, you know, either Rebel messing up the pit stop or Verstappen going off or something like that, I think nine out of ten times then Verstappen wins that race. Um yeah, I just think he had he was able to push the tyres more and even though Mercedes is clearly the quicker car around Silverstone, he just the Mercedes weren't able up until Lewis yeah. went onto the, the hards right at the end and was just able to kinda of push out for leather. Mercedes weren't able to unleash their, their pace. So yeah. yeah, I I don't I, I don't think really Mercedes I think Red Bull deserved the win and that they were in a better a better position all the way through to take the win really. I think it would have been them messing up that would cost the staff in the wind.
0: Mm, and we've seen before Mercedes have struggled in the heat, but that's been more so on the engine side. I think this is one of the first times we've seen them struggle with tyres. Do you think that's fair to say, in the heat?
2: Um, I think we've definitely seen seen it before a few times, but I can't remember where. They definitely, kind of like the 2017-18 kind of time, they weren't amazing on their rear tyres. And obviously it's a meme of Hamilton saying, Bono, my tyres are gone. And that's a meme for a reason, really. I think Mercedes have had a lot of um, historic tyre issues. But you're right to say, yeah, it's the engine issues that normally compound it for them. And normally a race ending, they normally seem to control the tyre issues a bit better than I think they did today.
0: Hmm. Uh, and maybe, it's a
2: bit. maybe it's masked a bit in the past by the fact that um, normally Mercedes are in a fight, in the past few years they've been in a fight with Ferrari and Rebel in most races whereas yeah. it, was, it became much more of a, a situation this weekend I think with the fact that it was actually properly hampering their performance in comparison to a slower car
0: Yeah, and Bottas lost out to Hamilton. Again, they went on to different strategies with Hamilton extending the stint. Do you think Bottas would be disappointed? Do you think, I'm trying to think, if Bottas had the strategy that Hamilton had, do you think Bottas would have finished ahead of Hamilton? Or do you think it was Hamilton's tyre management that allowed him to get second, Adam?
1: Yeah, I, I think Bottas probably would have got it. I mean, he at the end of the race, he was very down and kind of mentioned the strategy there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, do think, I do think he would have got it, but I, I just think kind of the whole weekend after getting pole to finish third and drop four points
0: to yeah.
1: Lewis in the championship, he's just and he's behind Verstappen now.
0: Yeah. So,
1: it's just such a kick in the teeth mm. for him. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I think it's kind of i It's totally certain that Bottas would have made the strategy work in the same way that Lewis did, but I'd say probably more likely than unlikely.
0: Mm. That, I mean, and that silverstone as well is crucial. If Bottas could have beaten Halton today at one of Halton's best tracks, but well, unfortunately, he couldn't mm. do that, Freddie.
2: I mean, Bottas um, did... Because he, he was on the same strategy as Verstappen for the end, for, what, twenty nineteen laps, laps? And he did fall back... 10 seconds, I think actually if you, 15 seconds or so at the end of the flag behind Verstappen so there's that kind of perspective to it that Bottas probably, if he could have kept closer, then he probably would have kept seconds. because I think then Mercedes when Hamilton was closing Mercedes would have had to say to Bottas we're going to use team orders to get Hamilton passed rather than let them race because of Hamilton closing on so late, I think Mercedes are a bit like, well We've just got to. If he if he does get past, he's still not going to catch. And then we'd have to orchestrate some weird thing to get Bottas back past. And otherwise, we look like favourites. And we've just got to let them race to sort of save face and to keep Lewis in second. Kind of, well, not, not with that kind of ulterior motive, but it's just an easier way of doing it and not messing around with team orders to the end, I think. I yeah, think if, I, if he was closer, then um, he would have got second because he would have been protected by the team orders. That's the point I'm yeah. trying to make.
0: Yeah. I think Mercedes lost the race in qualifying. really. Why they didn't qualify on the hard tyres when they have such an advantage? I think that I'm really not sure. And I also think they pitted quite early when they were both 1-2. I know Verstappen was right on them, but they ultimately had track position. So I think Mercedes got the strategy wrong today and on Saturday in qualifying. Do you think Mercedes could have possibly done a one-stop because we saw Leclerc? do a one-stop. Ocon did as well. I think Räikkönen saw quite a few people, which surprised me, really, with the high tyre where a few drivers could make the one-stop work.
2: Um, There you go. Yeah, I think tyre was just too high at the top, really, I think, for the Mercs. I mean, Charlotte Leclerc did an excellent, excellent job to get yeah. to where he did um, on the one-stop. And I think, he, yeah, it's he just he just massaged that Ferrari right there to get to fourth. Well, running third, five or six laps mm-hmm. from the flag. So I just think it seems to be that the Mercedes is just harder in its tyres, and that's it. Okay. All we can yeah. really say, I think.
0: Yeah, now let's talk about Lookler then. Fourth with an amazing drive once again after he finished on the podium last week. Backed it up with a superb drive once again, and he outqualified Vettel as well. Adam, how impressive was McLeod this weekend?
1: Yeah, he's. I think he kind of got glossed over a bit, especially in the leader, because obviously Hulkenberg, you know, there was that story, and also Renault looked like they could be, you know, in contention maybe for a podium or for that best of the rest. But he kind of got overlooked a bit, um, I think. But yeah, in terms of in terms of the drive, it was brilliant, he just he did everything right and again he kind of like last week, he maximised everything he could out of the car which when you're in the midfield is kind of what you know, all you can do really and he did that, so yeah, very impressive for mm. him.
0: Yeah. Freddie?
2: I hadn't put it perfectly, it was just brilliant, brilliantly impressive from Leclerc to do that and he has, he has flown under the radar a bit and it, it was a bit of a double take, oh Leclerc's up there, he's done that, fair enough, good on him and I think it was a bit of a bit of a shame for the other people that they weren't able to challenge. I think Ricardo ended up on a three-stop and then
0: spun. Yeah.
2: Um, and then you had uh you had Holkenberg pitting at the end for he had some issues at the end, which is why he pitted, they've said on Twitter um, straight after the race, the racing point. So I think a few things did fall out of the way for Leclerc, um, because he, he could have been coming under a bit of pressure later on in the race. But I think, yeah, just exemplary performance. Yeah.
0: On
1: one side of the Ferrari carriage.
0: Mm, I think the key, yeah, go on, go the, on Adam.
1: The key thing for Ferrari this season is they've got to be in a position to kind of make the most of those things happening and falling their way. And at the moment Leclerc has been obviously he's got two podiums. And now, you know, here again he got, you know, fourth place and you know, as you say, there were kind of things that worked for them, but, you know, any any of the drivers, you know, could have had that, or at least any of the drivers from half the teams on the grid could have benefited from that, and they've been the ones to benefit from that several times now. So, I think he is, he's not always having the most spectacular races, but it's just kind of quietly efficient from
0: Leclerc. Hmm. One I'm going to get really technical here. One thing I've noticed is with Leclerc and the Stafford as well, Red Bull and Ferrari decided to run really skinny rear wings so then to help the straight line speed. And I'm just wondering if that helped them in the corners. Well, not helped them in the corners, but because they would have to go slightly slower in the corners. That helps them save their tyres. I know it sounds weird, less downforce, but helps the tyres. Um, yeah, that was just something I was wondering if, if it helped look low. Because to do a one-stop, when everyone thought it would at least be a two-stop, it was quite remarkable, really. But, yeah, let's talk about Sebastian Vettel then. He spun again at Turn 1 all by himself, didn't make contact, and then he didn't really recover from there. It's just, it's just going from bad to worse, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. It's just a pretty pretty naff, <laughs> naff performance. Naff isn't even doing it just as an awful performance from Sebastian Vettel. And I mean, it's not like he's had a week to kind of look and think. Okay, where can we improve? He's still got the same gap. He's still qualified outside the well, on the cusp of the top ten, tenth, eleventh, around there. And he's just—he was—he was shouting at the team late on in the race for strategy issues. But well, they're going to have a compromised strategy if you're going to spin on the first lap of the race. Yeah, you're—you're you're going close to close wheel in wheel to wheel with um alban he got a good start to Vettel, but that that's it he got a good start got to turn one had to touch the curb touch the inside of the grass a bit because you know racing is aggressive on lap one in formula one and that just flipped him around science did incredibly well not to get collected and then go straight into uh, esteban ocon and cause a um essentially a similar crash to what we saw at the start of spa a couple of years ago where um I think it was Alonso went straight over Leclerc. That could have been the potential based on that, from based on how Vettel just flipped out there. So he's just not in a position really. He needs to sit back and focus on what he's done, what he's not doing, and why that car's not working for him. And I think shouting at his strategy engineers isn't going to get him anywhere.
1: Well, on um, Five Live Commentary, when he sent that message and Julian and Palmer said a similar thing, like, do you think the team sent a similar message when he when he spun it out on lap <laughs> one? It's kind of, he's putting himself in the positions, in compromised positions. Um, and yeah, like you say, he's kind of had a week to try and improve and he's not managed it. And like, he won at Silverstone two years ago. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think that now. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's talk of him already having a contract signed or kind of ready to be signed at Aston Martin for next year. But I feel like out of everyone in a potential Aston Martin seat, it's Nico Nico Hulkenberg who's come out the best from this two weeks, which is, we wouldn't have thought that, or we didn't think that when we did our silly season podcast, that's for sure. I don't think any of the drivers in that position have done themselves justice.
2: There's surely something in this um, chassis for Vessel at the moment that's got to be just nagging him. I mean, we had it with... um, uh, with a few I think um, Van Dorn's the famous one where just like every race you just say this, this just isn't right and then they'd swap the chassis yeah. And, like yeah but then they'd swap them back because Alonso got priority but like there's just it's, it's that kind of thing it's just something not quite right in the car for Vettel and either he needs to get himself on top of it and I don't think it's that I think it's something wrong with what he's been given he's not able to outdrive it in the same way that Leclerc can and he was he was there or thereabouts on a similar margin with LeClerc at the start of the season. And in, in in Hungary as well, he just did better. So for most of it. And um I think there's gotta be there's gotta be an answer, but I mean probably aren't gonna waste resources on trying to figure out if there's an issue on a chassis that they're not gonna really be worrying about. I don't know if they've got any upgrades coming to be honest. But yeah. It's just uh, Yeah. How uh, depressing!
0: It is. It is, and um, I, I agree with you both on what you said. It feels a bit like twenty fourteen yeah. Ferrari. You had Alonso and Raikkonen. And Alonso was doing outstanding, doing what Leclerc doing now. And then you had Raikkonen, who was just underperforming, not really doing too much, not getting the results, not being able to handle the car like Alonso did. And it was. I think we're seeing the same now with Leclerc and Vettel. Vettel was in that. Räikkönen position, which is kind of working to and they were teammates for quite a few years. I wonder what a different driver could have done in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. But let's not talk about that. Uh, Can we, just add we one see? More.
1: Can I just add one more thing on Ferrari quickly? Yeah, go on. Is that they've kind of this seems to be a season that they designed the car for Leclerc rather than. Do
0: you think best. so?
1: It kind of feels like that. He's a lot happier with mm-hmm. a bit of the Luthor, or he? Well, he seems. I don't know, but. They've if they've done if they've kind of done a car that suits Leclerc and he's doing so well in it, even with a rubbish engine on the scale of it does bode well if they can get their engine sorted out. Then he's kind of more comfortable in the car and getting these results even now. It kind of does bode well for the future, you know. If they can get their engine right, because you know he could be yeah. even better than than he was last season.
2: He's adaptable, is Leclerc. He's a very adaptable driver. When he came into Formula 1, he was, in his first few races, he was quite disappointing from the way he'd been hyped through his Formula 2 season, which he won as a rookie, um, off the bat of being a GP3 champion. And he came in and he was just sort of level with Marcus Ericsson, not really doing so well. I think Ericsson was doing a bit better. I don't know if Ericsson got points and he didn't. I'm not sure on that um, at the start of the season. And then he got to Baku and he just said, I just was thinking, I just changed the way I drove. And he finished sixth or something in that race, and then he just went on. and By the end, of, he helped develop that Alfa Romeo Salba in in his first year. And by the end of the season, it was a very, very good car. And he's an adaptable, clever driver as the clerk. And I think there's a good good cause to say maybe he's just adapted to this car better than an unmotivated Sebastian Vettel has.
0: Hmm. Do Do we do either of us, or either of you, think that Vettel can improve this season, or is it going to be like this? Oh yeah, I mean, it's oh, he's, got to, he's got to
2: have better results.
1: <laughs> it's kind of difficult to see how. Like, if the car, if he hates the car, then as Freddie said, they're not going to kind of put too much investment into changing it. It's kind of difficult. He will get better results like he did at Hungary, but I kind of think, in terms of his general performance level in the car, I don't. I'm kind of not too optimistic. it. Yeah.
2: How much would it cost to buy him out?
0: <laughs> so. Uh, we might go slightly off-topic here. So if he's doing so bad, why is he still going to be on the grid next year? Or oh, likely, almost oh, certainly.
2: Legacy. He's, he's Legacy. won over 10 years of Formula 1. Um, 2008, his first win. Then a regulation change, carried on winning. Then a regulation change, carried on winning. Then an era regulation change, has still won races. He's proved himself across different eras of Formula 1. Bridgestone, Pirelli, etc., all of that jazz. So yeah. You just got if you got if you've got confidence that you can work the driver of Sebastian Vettel, which Ferrari were able to do for a bit, so the rebels certainly were able to do, then you can get a a four-time world champion in your seat. And I think for them for the majority of options, that's kind of definitely want to really
1: really consider. I think um, I'd answer oh sorry. Um I think I'd answer that question by saying Rykin is still on the grid and he's yeah, right. a one time world champion and hasn't formed anywhere near the consistency that Vettel has throughout his career. So yeah, I do you know he's it's difficult to kind of kind of get a true marker of his performances this season with a card that He hates but I think he's still he's still worth a team, you know, taking a punt on because of you know, he's got a high ceiling, especially for a kind of mid top of the midfield team. It does feel like he's got, you know, a high ceiling or high enough to take a punt on. So yeah, I'd say that.
2: And racing point as a team, going back to Force India and Jordan days, they They've, they've been very good at getting performance from drivers. Um, they just, they're just they good at managing and good at having an environment for the drivers to work. People like um,
0: Hulkenberg,
2: Damon, Damon Hill won a race with them. Ralph Schumacher started his career pretty much with them. Fisichella um, is one that always stands out to me. And uh, Sutil, Perry. the rest of people like that. Peros, yeah. yeah. Perez, completely, yeah. He's given so much to that team for, a re- and, and has got so much out of that team for a reason.
1: Out of McLaren, where he had yeah. a poor, disappointing season at McLaren.
2: Yeah, so he's able. There's a they're a team that are able to work well with a driver, and if they can, if they've if they can carry that through, and use you know mentor Sebastian Vettel, calm him down, bring him back to earth, make him enjoy Formula One again, then you could unlock a lot of performance for what is now going to be a
1: works outfit in from 2021. Yeah, It, it just feels like a kind of risk reward. You know, you've not got, you've got a lot of potential reward and for kind of the other drivers out there that could be kind of in a seat, then you've got some in F2, most notably the Ferrari Juniors um, and then you've got Hulkenberger Rounds, who's you know, seems to has done his stock a lot of good this weekend, and outside that, you've got what Grosjean potentially. who might not be. to see, you know, there's kind of not many drivers out there who seem to have such a kind of high potential reward if you can get it right, and that means the risk of getting him is kind of lower than it could be.
2: Yeah, and you hmm. may as well afford a, a a driver who's definitely got a high ceiling rather than one that you know, might be good and you might need to then get rid of and spend money to bring in a new driver. And that seems to have been like the, the, the Alfa Romeo Sauber kind of thing, I think. Mm. Yeah. Cycling through, and Williams as well, cycling through drivers who want to go somewhere else and kind of just not quite keeping the consistency you need over the few years and that, that negatively affects the team. If you bring a driver in who already has that experience, that will obviously help embedding them into the team and then bringing the team forward much more than you're bringing a driver in to Formula One.
1: And the the cost cap, the driver salaries aren't part of that. So yeah. for, mm. from 2022 onwards, um, for kind of teams with bigger budgets than what the cost cap would be, then it doesn't matter so much um, having to pay your driver a lot because you're limited it's not like you could spend that money on developing your car because you know it's it's limited to that
2: but because of everything we said they should hire Sergio Perez
0: (laughs) yeah and replacing Sergio Perez at the weekend as he did last weekend was Nico Hülkenberg he qualified a remarkable third he also started the race and he finished well he would have finished fifth if it wasn't for a vibration with six or seven laps to go. He had to come in and make a pit stop. He ended up finishing seventh. How impressive How impressive was Hulkenberg this weekend? Because to jump in in a new car, well, I know he's had two weekends, but to jump in in a new car after so Lance Stroll has done all the testing and all the races, I thought it was a great job.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say kind of, especially in the race, it's kind of, on the one hand, obviously qualifying was better objectively in that he came third um, and that, yeah. was with, that was with a week. You know, it's still a brilliant result, but kind of that he'd had a week in the car. The race was his first time that he'd done a race distance in the car because he couldn't race last week. So kind of to be on for fifth in, you know, kind of untested waters for him. Um, he's probably as impressive, really. I mean, both, and he was strong through practice as well. It kind of wasn't a one-off. Yeah. I think he was second in Q2. Um, so, yeah, he kind of did well consistently all weekends. He could be back um, next weekend as well. And, yeah, just really, really strong from the hook. And as I said, a couple of times, he's done his stop for a potential spot on the grid next year. A world of mm-hmm. good this yeah. weekend.
2: Freddie, I mean, Adam's put it perfectly. He's just, he's driven, he's done exactly what he needed to do. He's super subbed it perfectly he didn't know he was going to drive into what Thursday night Friday morning this week as well so he's come in and got the job done got the maximum pretty much out of that racing point I don't think Perez would have got a higher grip position Um, and I I think based on the pace we've seen uh, I don't think Perez would have got any closer to the Mercedes ultimate lap time there so that's just he's done exactly what he needs to do he's improved on last week and that was saying something. So the fact that he's come in and for the majority of the race he's run fourth until just a completely unexpected one stop from Ferrari. Because of without that, he would have been and without that late vibration, he would have been picking up fourth place, which would have I think would have been racing points equal best position of the year. I don't yeah. remember where Stroll strong, finished. Strong Hungary. Yeah. yeah finished so yeah. yeah, and he that's just
0: Brilliant! Well done. Just yeah. Well done. I mean, he hasn't done a race start for eight or nine months. <laughs> he didn't get a best start, but mm. he was was okay. He lost out to uh, Verstappen in the Red Bull. He hasn't driven on these tires. He, you know, he hasn't. He's race rusty as well. Had it's just yeah. I find it quite incredible, really, to just jump in the car and to basically he he beat Stroll this weekend. I know the the result doesn't show that. For me, he beat Stroll, so yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, uh, do you think Stroll will be? Do you think that will hit his confidence? Because after a, a reasonably good start to the season, to get beaten by a driver who's just jumped into the car isn't isn't great for him, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I thought this weekend, uh, sorry, this season. Once we knew the racing point was so strong, then I kind of thought there's a lot of talk about Perez and how he did, but I actually thought it'd be more interesting following stroll because he was a bit more of an improving quantity and so far he's kind of not hitting the heights. He did well in Hungary, um, but he kind of didn't feel like he's maximizing the car in the same way that other drivers around him are. Um, And yeah, it kind of, I don't know, I don't know about confidence. He does seem quite a confident chap. Anyway, but um, it's kind of it, it's not great. for It sounds obvious. It's not kind of great for him, and I think it's kind of more the the people around him and his his stock. You know, for next mm-hmm. for a seat next season will probably be hurt more than his confidence. I'd say.
0: Yeah. Freddie.
2: It's not like he performed badly. Really, he did the job in the race. He didn't attack his teammate, and he settled to fifth. behind his teammate and then finished fifth. So he did what he needed to do, did Stroll. And I think that will actually speak wonders to the team, that Stroll could have come in and just kind of thought, hang on a second, and get flustered by the fact that this guy's come in and has done better than him in this race weekend, and the fact that he had a poor weekend last week and finishing nearly out of the points. So Stroll could have had a really tough weekend this week but he didn't he settled he was basically consistently two or three seconds behind Hulkenberg exactly what he needed to do no question if he could have gone faster or slow well could have gone faster than Hulkenberg I don't know he was just sort of sitting in the team game I think so I think his stock Mm. in the team would have done pretty well
0: for me I think he should have been ahead though I know he was sitting two or three seconds doing what he needed to do but I just think Mm. if Perez was in the car where would he have been He'd have that been two or three my...
2: seconds ahead.
0: <laughs> that would have been it, I think. Really? I
2: mm. think Stroll did the, the number two role for a
1: midfield team pretty well.
0: The number two role for a driver who's just come into the car, though, I'm, I'm not sure how. Yeah, I don't think that's he a could good be point. number
1: two in that yeah, situation. That's, a, yeah. oh, that's in true. A team owned yeah. by his dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the racing point uh, we'll have lost 15. Constructors' Championship points and have been docked £361,000 after uh, Renault's appeal was successful. We're not going to talk about that in this podcast because I might go on a big rant and I might take up about half an hour, which we don't want to do, so we'll save that for another time. But uh, the news is that Racing Point have appealed that the punishment is too harsh, but McLaren, Ferrari, Renault and Williams... That's right, isn't it, Freddie? Yeah, yeah have appealed that the punishment is too lenient, which is what I think. But racing
2: point have um, have appealed, saying why the hell are we being penalised?
0: Yeah, and Lawrence Stroll uh, put out a video today, bit of him. We did an auto queue which basically said we are innocent, et cetera. But yeah, we'll talk about that another time because it's going to run on, and yeah. It, I just find it a mad situation, really.
2: It was a great little video, though. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah, it became like a party political broadcast.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, <it's> God. God.
2: <laughs> that was amazing. I really, really quite enjoyed it. I just found it hilarious, and it was we've been dragged through the mud, and it's like, oh, oh no, oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. It, it kind of,
2: Welcome to Formula One, Lawrence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, it kind but, of feels like they've not done themselves any favors. Yeah. Like the handling of the Perez case, which kind of didn't just seem to be, didn't seem to be in the spirit of what everyone exactly. is trying to do. Yeah. and then this is just kind of they are not the most popular team on the grid right now. Mm. It's safe to say.
0: Yeah, we, we might talk about that in a few days' time in our preview yeah. podcast for the Spanish Grand Prix, which is next week a triple header, incredible. And then we'll wow. get two weeks off before another triple header. The wow. races going thick and fast in for the one. Let's talk about Renault and McLaren. Then, coming from last weekend, Renault were on on a high, really. They nearly got a podium. But this weekend, they didn't quite seem to quite have the pace. Ricardo having a spin in the middle of the race. Esteban Ocon on the one stop. He had a well, not too bad of a race actually, considering he was on that strategy. How, How do you think they fared this weekend?
2: Esteban Ocon did pretty well to not get beaten by the McLarens. I think that is exactly what he needed to do with that one stop, and I think I think Lando Norris was closing in on him at the end. Yeah. So it's a bit well done, Ocon, for making that work too. I mean, he did exactly what he needed to do. I think Ricardo's strategy, if you look into the the nitty gritty of it, it seems a bit um, what were they doing? Bit wayward. They put him (laughs) on mediums. and then, so he was on the mediums to the start, fair enough. He went quite long on them, about 18, 20 laps. Then got put on the mediums again for a similar length of time and then put on the hards. And then he spun on the hards and it's a pit again and finished on the mediums. mediums again, I think.
0: Yeah, which is just. The, the hard, yeah. hard was clearly the better tyre. I the really last do not know medium, why. Yeah. yeah, I really do not know why they put him on the medium tyre when the hard was the tire to be on, which is why the had only did a six or seven lap stint on the medium. So yeah, backwards yeah. strategy from Renault. Uh, yeah. yeah, Adam anything to say on how McLaren or, or Renault did this weekend? Probably not quite what they were hoping for in terms of pace. No.
1: Well I mean Renault kind of hopes from Friday from F P two when they did their qualifying runs, they were kind of hopeful of yeah. you know, kind of leading the midfield. And they weren't really in the top five fight after Ricardo lost out on the first lap and dropped a six behind the racing points. Then after that, yeah, they just didn't really threaten. I mean, I don't know. The only thing I can think of with the pit stops is whether they were kind of trying to do an alternate strategy because they thought they might be on for a podium. I think that it'd be very strange logic because you've got a lot more to lose than gain. But I don't know, that's the only thing that came to my mind. Um, another good weekend for Ocon, happy for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, kind of wasn't the Sunday that they were hoping for. Um, and yeah, McLaren kind of not had a couple of off weekends, or they've mm. not, after Austria, they kind of haven't hit those yeah. heights again um, yet. But you know, maybe we don't know, kind of, I think we're still, I don't think there is a dominant team in the midfield no. or Ferrari no, seem to be kind of maximising their stuff. But, you know, I think it might just come down to like track track to track, race to race, yeah. Yeah. which team gets it right, rather than kind of one team pulling ahead. And it is tight margins there. Mm. So kind of, you know, losing out a bit can actually have a big effect.
2: I'm gonna float something by you guys and you can say what you think. It might be a bit of a weird theory, it's not really a theory, it's more of a suggestion. Like last week we saw some drivers doing really well on those compounds of tires. You had um obviously Ricardo in fourth, you had Norris in fifth, yeah, Gasly pulling off excellent, excellent race to get really high up. Whereas this week it was sort of similar in qualifying. Gasly again, Ricardo again, that kind of thing doing well. But in the race it seemed to be that it switched to the teams who are at the sort of the back end of the points, sort of struggling a bit, racing point being the, the case in point, and um then flipping it over a bit, and then they were the ones who were on top of it on these compounds of tires. Do we think it's anything to do with the tires? That sometimes they just Possibly. these ones are switched on better by these teams than last week's, and it's kind of a bit yeah. like maybe like in Austria, where the McLaren was quite good, they had I presume the harder tires. They're higher the sets, so I'm not. I don't know. Maybe it's. I, I don't. know.
0: Well, they had they had higher tire pressures for this weekend, didn't they? Which makes a huge effect. Every team would have had to make setup changes. Yeah, because I, I don't think people, some people, realise that making the tire pressures two or three psi higher has a huge, huge effect on the car. Oh, they were uh, rock
1: hard
2: though. Like yeah, that was road car tire pressures.
0: What
2: mm, they had yeah. to, this week, and that's that's not a, that's not. That's not um not what you need for a sticky tire to a racetrack. Mm.
1: Yeah. I'd say. well, well
0: no, Hugo! Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think Racing Point last week underperformed, whereas this week with this weekend they showed what they actually have. Yeah, so that's maybe that's why we're seeing Racing Point doing a bit better this weekend compared to last weekend, Adam.
1: That that's what I was kind of about oh. to say. That <laughs> Race, Racing Point and Alex Alburn both. Did better and maximized what they could from the car or kind of did a lot better in what is probably a faster car or is faster cars than the Renault's and the McLaren. So um, you know, it might be that even though they they weren't too far off from where they were last week in terms of performance, it was just the other teams made a step up and, you know, he's tight margins in the midfield, so that can make a kind of big difference. So yeah, it could it could be that, but you beat me to it, so <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned Albon there, uh, Adam. Was he? Was it a good weekend for him? Uh, do you think, guys? Because he didn't. He was off to pace in qualifying, but then in the race, he had some great moves. I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said last week that he needs a big weekend, and kind of in after qualifying, I was thinking, oh no, you know, it's kind yeah. of seems a bit more terminal his decline. But yeah, it's, it was a good. Good way to kind of improve his image a bit and, you know, get some kudos yeah. back. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a good weekend for him will have to kind of back it up because fifth, you know, they'll ideally want him fourth or, yeah. third. you know, That's kind the of
0: fingers around
1: there. But I think compared to the weekend he's had previously and last weekend at Silverstone, it's a lot better and a good way to bounce back, especially after mm. qualifying. So, yeah, I think yeah. a good weekend for him. Yeah. It was a drive ready, yeah. oh, yeah. right. it was a drive yeah. to his goal
2: really because I mean if anyone was gonna pull off a one stop then he wouldn't have beaten them and that's what happened he just didn't beat Leclerc and that's it so I think for his target of a fourth place finish um, then I think he, he's very close to it so that's 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 good for him um, and there was a sort of element of his his impatience in an overtake like it was like well there's an overtake on i'll go and do it i'll go around the outside of cops and just go around the outside of cops he went round the outside of cops
0: <laughs> and
2: you just think oh alban come on you could have just it's over there Stowe just do that please don't... i loved
0: it i loved, I loved it. it
2: i loved <laughs> it and he, he makes me absolutely wet myself I cannot stand it nope. it's terrifying <laughs> i have on this weekend <laughs> says album shouldn't overtake <laughs> <Gosh. laughs> it was terrifying and I was just like oh we're just going to get spun out again and mm. I only think this because of obviously what happened in Austria and it was a brilliant move and I adored it and it's just like
1: take a chill
0: mm. maybe maybe
2: that's the only thing yeah. I'll say because other than that I think it was really good
1: I mean, several of the early stoppers seemed to get, I think mean, Gasly was the same, seemed to get a bit hamstrung by coming in too early. Um, and he was kind of, and, and at one point he was kind of battling with Gasly and wasn't able to get moved move for a bit. And that kind of, once he got that moved, done, it felt like a bit of a watershed moment in the race for him. He, was noticeably, he,
2: he was noticeably faster than Gasly though. You could see in the car yeah, how much was, faster he I mean, was. You would
1: expect that. Yeah. You know, it's not. But, like, he wasn't, he wasn't able to get the move done for kind of longer than he would have liked. But, yeah, and he kind of, from the timing, it didn't look like he'd be in a position to get strong at the end because he was 15 seconds off with not that long to go. Yeah. Um, that, that,
2: that's but, what Alvin has always seemed to sort of come to us for, though, he's in a late race. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got to get this racing yeah. point, it seems to always be. And he's always got to just go and get it right at the end and he does it. And it's like, oh, there we go. I knew that was going to happen, really, to be fair, because that's just mm-hmm. what Alvin does. It, yeah, for, actually, ended up ahead of Gasly too, which I think was pretty. Yeah, good. yeah, I mm. thought that. I didn't even realize until
1: kind of late on. But yeah, mm.
0: great result. Mm. I think for me, and I, I just, I think people, if they listen to me, they're gonna think I hate Alexander Albon, and I don't. And but you do. <laughs>
2: that's our podcast I just, thing.
0: I just don't think he's doing enough. He, I love his racecraft. I think he's got some of the best yeah. racecraft out of the whole field, but. We had no safety cars this race, and he was, what, nearly 40 seconds behind? And I just, I don't know if that's enough. I just, I struggle to think, is that what Red Bull needed? Has he got the pace? Uh, I think he just, he's, oh, I don't know, I'm I'm struggling with this one. It was definitely a much better weekend, but I just don't think he has the raw pace, which is doing enough to keep his seat.
1: I think, but crucially, kind of who'd get it? Because if it looks like Vettel's kind of on a, a you know pretty close to an Aston Martin seat from kind of reports that are out, so if we take Vettel off the table, then what would it be? Kind of possibly Perez or Hulkenberg? Because yeah. no one
0: on I would yeah, I think we need to go outside of the program. And I've been, I've, I've thought of, I've thought had this opinion for mm. like two or three years since Ricardo left, really. Mm. But uh, yeah that's a topic for another day. Mm. But it it was better yeah. from Albon that his racecraft is very, very good. But I really I'm I'm fifty fifty as to whether it's just Verstappen is exceptional or whether Albon isn't quite there with it. And yeah that's that's what yeah. I'm struggling it's, with. It's
1: I think I guess it's for Oh, there you go.
2: I'm, yeah I tend to lean to the Verstappen is exceptional.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: No, so it feels like fourth in most racing In most races is going to be a Um, So, because as we said, Verstappen Or I think Verstappen's exceptional And he's kind of still on a par with Mercedes Or kind of with Bottas so far For a lot of the races this season It's kind of, so I don't I feel like fourth is where, you know He's going to be for a lot of the season So if he can do that then you know, I'd say that's a pretty good effort. And he wasn't far off, as Freddie said. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think all in all, it was a good, especially good Sunday for him.
2: Yeah, Verstappen yeah. is second in the championship. He so, is. yeah that's like, this is what Alex Albon has got to deal with. And mm. that is just, re- he's just so good for Verstappen, I think.
1: Well, yeah. At the moment, every time I see it, and I kind of think, like, like when we've seen Gasly doing well, and I think, like, oh, be, you know, Gasly's kind of put himself in position, but I just don't think it would be good for him at all to go back to Red Bull. I think so, oh, we got yeah. Yeah, well, I, that was kind of it. I, I don't think it would be right at all for him to go back, and he's kind of the outstanding driver in the junior programme, and then outside of that, I mean, you both... Said Vettel to Red Bull in our kind of city season prediction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, we're both
0: wrong. <laughs> um,
1: but I just outside of that, it kind of doesn't seem to be that many good quality option. I don't know. That's how it seems to me anyway. But yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's because I'm thinking how well Ricardo did against Max. Maybe that's what's yeah. making me think like this. And also Bottas with. With Hamilton, Bottas is yeah he, 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 he. Doing a, the perfect job, you know. And mm. in, in today, the race-winning car for Albon to be fifth, if that was Bottas, you know, race-winning car, no, the Mercedes is still dominant
1: mm. really,
0: this year. But you know, if Bottas finishes fifth, and Hamilton finishes first, we will be, you know, having the right going. So I, I, that's where I'm struggling really, and yeah. I feel the bar for Albon is so low. Like it's almost too low. like, oh, right, it's doing great. Oh. I feel like your bar for really? him is
1: really high. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, if he finishes fourth, that's fine. But I think for you, you've got, yeah, I think you've set a higher bar Maybe. for him. There. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I mean,
2: but, yeah. to be fair, he's finished in his kind of sort of target um, once, and that was in the steering Grand Prix when he finished fourth, but he was still about to be beaten by Perez.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: So. That's not, not good.
0: We'll see. We'll see what happens with Alex alwan and I'm sure we'll be talking about him a few more times over the next few weeks. We'll I'll see. Like you, Alex. <laughs> yeah. he's
2: a lovely uh, chap. He's a really lovely chap. He is.
0: And
2: He's been brilliant in everything, and we we all want him to do well, and we all. Nigel says there is racecross one of the best on the grid, and it absolutely is, and when he's going well, he's going so well and there's just something there that's just, he's just holding him back. What can he unlock? Hopefully he can. He's a young driver. He was promoted to Red Bull too early and hopefully... He yeah, can that, that's un- another thing. Yeah. yeah hopefully yeah. he can just unlock what he needs to to put himself up there with the big boys like he did towards sort of Brazil and Mexico in 2019. He kind of
0: put himself yeah. there.
2: So hopefully he can do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Come on, Alex. You can do this for me, so I don't have to be negative about you every weekend. But no, uh, let's talk about this. some of the other drivers then. Alpha Tauri got a point with Danny Cafiat, and then at the back was the usual trio of Williams, Haas, and Alpha Romeo. So I don't know, is there anything you guys want to say about them? I thought Kimi Räikkönen, I know he only finished 50, but he had a really good race, he did a one stop. Strategy. I think he managed his tires really well. He 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 would be raced well with his rivals around him. So yeah, even though we're saying Raikkonen shouldn't be on the grid, I thought he was. He had a great race for for Alfa, and and he does go well around Silverstone. In the what twenty eight nine, 19 years or something, he's been racing in F one. So yeah, I thought he had a great race today, with Raikkonen. Is there anyone else that you thought stood out or or had a bad race?
1: I think on Raikkonen, it feels like a bit of a shame that his good race is still 15th. Like, it kind of, I wish, no
0: one notices.
1: Yeah. I I wish that, you know, if he makes the kind of one stop strategy work, it would have been, you know, getting a point in 10th or kind of, you know, 11th, 10th night, Mm -hmm. that kind of window, kind of in a slower car on a faster strategy. You want that to be the case. So, kind of, yeah, I think that's a bit of a, shame that that's kind of the position that we're at and he's at. So yeah, that's kind of what i am him.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, with the people at the back rows on Magnussen, Russell, Latifi, and then Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. They might have the best race of their lives, but it might only be 14th and no one notices. Yeah, they might have a race that's not quite as good, but it's a chaotic race and they get ninth and everyone goes, oh wow, that was amazing. But even though they've had a race where they've done better, but not had that not got into the point, so it's hard mm. to judge, but uh, yeah. While well, keeping an eye on the back, I thought Raikkonen like, did, did a really good job today. Freddie, was there anyone else you thought stood out?
2: I was impressed with Latifi until Williams decided to pit both their drivers with about three or four laps from the end, which I was a bit confused <laughs> about. So, I thought, fast
0: Latifi, this lap. the lap, yeah. <laughs>
2: do, do they know the rules? You got me in the top ten, guys. Um. Doesn't matter if you're lapped, you're still not in the top <laughs> ten. Um, so I was confused because they were ahead of the Alphas and Grosjean, I think. They just seemed to sort of think, "Oh no, this is all going to go badly. Let's pit or something." I don't know. There's like I had a little panic, I, I, to my completely outside, not really read much into it perspective. And Latifi had been having a pretty cracking race. He was at most of the time was. There or thereabouts, and I thought—I mean—he finished finished so close to George Russell today. Yeah, and I think for most of it he was—I think—ahead of Russell. I'm not—I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I think they sort of had nip and tuck with positions for both of them. But we talk a lot about George Russell being an amazing, and that just seems to be the general consensus. And I think Latifi is sort of plugging away and doing really well in this Williams, actually. Yeah, Even He's
1: surprised he me. Yeah, I don't. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just—it feels like. It feels like it's becoming the norm for Russell to be in Q two, but it feels like there is still a big difference between the Williams qualifying and race pace. Yeah. So I don't know. I think they could be the slowest car on race pace in the. I think dribbles. Alpha have the, got the slowest yacht,
0: car in Corfam, but Williams have got the slowest car in the race, yeah, and has somebody there in the middle. I think that's what it is at the moment. Well, Grosjean had a very good a
2: qualifying
0: truck. Track. did. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, and
1: I mean credit to. Alpha, just to go back for a second to to running a bit of a different strategy. I think that's kind of good to see because that's the only way teams at the back are going to pick up um, points. Mm. Nigel, what were you going to say before?
0: Uh, Oh yeah, I was just going to say I think I'm surprised about Latifi because I really thought Russell would dominate him. But yeah, Latifi has been relatively impressive in a way considering I think many people thought oh, why is he on the grid? He's just... He's just there because of the money he brings into the team, but yeah, I thought, I think he's doing really well so far. So yeah, uh, let's finish off with a few comments or opinions about these tire races and two-stop race for most drivers. Do we like seeing these type of these types types of races where the drivers are on different strategies and or but having to save the tires, and it's not necessarily about having a fast car, but a car that can save tyres over the period of a of long race. Ready?
1: Yes. I like.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Adam?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely better than not having a... It feels like this is the only way that we're going to have a fight for the lead or the win, mm. um, because on a normal kind of race where it's just about pure race pace, then Mercedes are going to win that nine and a half times out of 10 probably so it you know is it's the way to provide a fight for the lead and i like that um the ultimate would be kind of having two, at least two teams that are able to kind of match each other on pace through the whole race and have hamilton and verstappen running within a second of each other and overtaking every lap um but yeah it's yeah it, it's good and it was enjoyable and unpredictable which is great we didn't know what was going to happen really until Lewis pit. Um, it was about 10 laps to go. So, yeah, I, I like it.
0: Yeah, and we could have thing with the hot temperatures expected in Spain. That Spanish Grand Prix is still set to go ahead, even though had the coronavirus cases have gone up a bit. But then we will be there. Uh, well, not us. 4-1 will be there next weekend. Spa after that as well could cause some tyre troubles because it can be very hot too, Magello and Imola, both high-speed tracks. So we could see more of these types of races and what a great race it was. So I think that's all for now. Uh, with are the one. We'll be back uh, in a few days, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter, isn't it? At the Windy F1 podcast. I am at Nigel C. Journal. Adam is at Adam Dickinson01 and freddy is at fredcoats99 1999 <laughs> yeah yes that's the one yeah see they don't even have to say it themselves now because we've done it so many times i just know it so go and follow them and our twitter thing and i think the last thing we should do is our traditional work can you find us Freddie?
2: you can find us where you're probably listening to us now and also you can listen to us on Spotify and on Acas, which is our podcast provider website. You could also use Apple Podcasts, and if you really wanted to, you could watch us on YouTube. Like and subscribe, yes. babies. <laughs>
1: Freddie isn't getting at all tired of that. Clearly, <laughs> uh, yeah. I might yeah, re- make okay, a sorry. jingle.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need to record it, don't we? Just play it every mm. time. But yeah, we we've done a video on our favourite moments in F one before this video, so go and watch that ahead of the Swedish Grand Prix and we'll be back on Wednesday or Thursday to preview it all so thanks and for listening to Racing and we'll... Point yeah thanks and to discuss it. that that would be
2: good. good conversation. recently reprimanded Racing Point of
1: today hmm. yeah
2: so, episode 11
1: which is big I
0: don't I mean yeah. it's not
1: as big as 10 but I don't know <laughs> it feels like they've flown by but thanks everyone for support on that and it's used... episode 13 when well, it says 11 on the dock we've got open so that's wrong sorry yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) we'll see you next time bad
1: luck